Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back. This is a very special episode of the X-Men Files. I'm Brian. I'm Inessa. And on the phone, we have... I mean, come on. You can have a little a little more pep. We have Mike. We have Mike on the phone. Okay. Uh, we have... It is an honor and a privilege to be here. This might surprise you, Brian. Yeah. This is my first podcast experience. Oh, my. Well, uh, a happy... Uh, I, I hope that it is a happy podcast experience on the first of... I, sh- I, I mean, maybe the first of many? Yes, I know. The audio... So, we, we should we should let everyone know, you know, the audio might not be ideal... You are on my phone by speakerphone, so we're hopefully we can hear you because you're the guest, and uh, we're very excited. We're going to be talking about WandaVision, the Disney Plus MCU series uh, about Wanda and Vision. Uh, first of all, though, a little bit of background. Um, I have known Mike. I'm not even sure how long uh, you and I have known each other, since I think at least fifth grade, possibly before that. Fourth grade, Miss Popperwell. That, that's when I entered the accelerated program at Dunn Elementary, uh, Dunn Elementary School on Rudy Lane in Louisville, Kentucky, and and that's where I entered Brian Bannon's sphere. Uh, we entered. We, well, um, it'll sound weird when I put it like this. I, I, I think our, our our spheres intersected. Yes. That was when that when that began, and uh, yeah, so so we've kept in touch uh, quite a lot. Uh, I've lived different places, but um, every time I get back to Louisville, love to to hang out with you and with Dan, who's a, another uh, kind of school age uh, friend of ours. And you've been living in Louisville your whole life, and you love the place. Uh, but beyond that, uh, do you have anything else that you want to say by way of background about yourself, so that our listeners, all three or four of them, <laughs> will will, under, will know you better. flooding back to you okay well you 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 were quite taken with it when we were (laughs) several weeks ago when we were really really enjoyed it and i really 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 recommend it and i i do i just want to say full disclosure i did pull up imdb so i am looking at the titles of the episodes and it is coming back to me there and i did watch some part of the thing that i enjoy about this universe the mcu and things like game of thrones 
and things that, the Netflix shows, um, Stranger Things, and I do enjoy the breakdowns that are occurring on YouTube. I don't know if you've done that. I don't know if you've uh, explored that, but I do enjoy listening, especially at work, listening to nerds, for lack of a better term, break down these episodes and pull up Easter eggs. And uh, there's one group called the Nerdist that yeah. has a breakdown of all these episodes. <laughs> and they, they do it. The Disney debuts these episodes, I think, midnight on Thursday. And and then by noon the next day, the Nerdist has a detailed analytical 45-minute breakdown of the episode. And, and I, how do they do that? And it turns out they have a staff of like of like twenty people that, that just pour into their knowledge, and, and, and they they work in that twelve hour period to, to really come up with what I think are very entertaining videos, huh. and and things that I think someone as you hosting <laughs> an X Men podcast probably would appreciate their dedication to these kinds of things. So I think I think what Mike is trying to say is that anybody that's listening to this right now should definitely. Turn it off. Oh, absolutely. Go watch that. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I think that, no, 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 hang on. I mean, I mean, Mike, you've listened to the podcast and you know that we're well on record as saying that uh, to our listeners, there are better ways that you could be spending your time. So. Uh, <laughs> no, there's not. This is a good discussion. We, we have things to say. Every, Dan, as a, for example, uh, yeah. you know, Jasmine is a very fierce critic when she watches things. Jasmine is uh, our friend Dan's wife. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very critical of this, but she's but Dan's like Mike. Everybody is a critic, and we are critics. We have you have a completely different perspective of WandaVision than I did. You know, we based on the initial emails that we've exchanged yeah. with each other. Well, let, let's and, maybe let, I, yeah, let, let's I maybe dive it. into it that. Brings people together to talk about this kind of stuff. If this podcast does one thing, it, it is <laughs> it, it, brings, it will bring people yeah, together. It certainly brings me and Brian together into the closet. It does, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, every day. It, it's every, a fantastic. Uh, it's a fantastic experience for us. So let's maybe like dive into this because uh, you and I had different takes, okay. but I, I want to make in terms of level setting. Level setting something I'm not able to do with the audio today, but <laughs> in terms of the uh, the discourse, I, I think that we probably agree uh, like about eighty percent on our take on WandaVision, you like it more than I do, is I, I think right. would be a fair statement. So just knowing that we're about 80% in agreement, um, let's start off by by talking about what each of us liked about the show, and then we'll get into uh, some of our differences. And I think, uh, I, um, I know, so you're about probably in the same ballpark. Yeah. You and I feel similarly, similarly as well. Yeah. All right, so so um, Mike, you're the guest. We'll let you kick it off. T- tell us what you like about WandaVision and, and what make it, made it a compelling show for you. Well, at first, I was, I, so, watching, you know, I am a fan of the MCU. I do, I did love, one of the things I did early on in COVID was to watch every movie uh, in order. Uh, that is a very sensible project, and we endorse it. it. About two months. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, the thing about Wanda and Vision, they did not get their own movies the way the other um, characters in the MCU got and I found them to be very compelling especially particularly Wanda yeah um, she was introduced in the movie Age of Ultron and um, and it was also the other thing that was interesting about that and I don't know how first you are in this but you, we do know that 20th Century Fox owns the X-Men and uh, in the end the Marvel Universe um, they shared that character, uh, Quicksilver, 
Right. Uh, on in the MCU, they which is Wanda's twin brother. In the MCU, he was called Pietro uh, Maximon, and uh, he's Peter in mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the X Men. And a deal was arranged between the two studios to allow. I'm, I don't know how much uh, Disney paid to use that character, but I'm sure they paid a lot. And um, and they they killed that character off at the end of that movie. Right. And hopefully, I'm not. Spoiling, uh, yeah, there, there is spoilers in this episode. Yeah, don't listen. Oh yeah, yeah. If you've yeah. not seen WandaVision, yeah, we're gonna spoilers. for sure spoil WandaVision. So definitely, yeah. Yeah. if you have not listened to, watched it all, watching Vision die a second yeah. time was just hard. Stop listening now. <laughs> yes, and um, so so the characters. I was very excited that they were finally getting their own platform. I was also very coming off the heels of the Mandalorian, which I thought was another. Those are some pretty big heels. To, <laughs> to tell a Star Wars story, and I, I had confidence in Disney's ability to to, trans- to put these on a uh, put these characters in a series. So I'm going to stop you right and, there, Mike, uh, if if I can. You had confidence in Disney's ability. I have no confidence in Disney's ability to do anything other than pay through the nose to uh, financially acquire well-established properties. Oh, I I I I. Pro- I, I I disagree. I, I think yeah. they did an excellent job with you. You did not enjoy the MCU movies. I love the MCU, but like they were already well established, and Kevin Feige, I think, had uh, established a really fantastic blueprint that that Disney purchased. Uh, my concern yeah. about about the Disney purchase is that you know they're taking something that's pretty well established, and now they need to get a return on that investment, uh, which means that they are going to try to monetize this. They're, they they need to generate a lot of content. Um, and, and I do, I do worry about that. I, I can't, you know, there's other things to worry about. Yeah. They can, they, <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's like, pacing around in the middle of the night. What really, what's, what's bad, what's going to happen today. They've entertained me so far with their, with their acquisition. What? And the acquisition of 20th Century Fox did pave the way. Which was a big deal in yeah. the in the uh, in Wandavision. Yeah. We saw um, Peter, uh, you know, appear. It was the the worlds collided. That was a ninety three point one billion dollar uh, cameo. I think you've made a. I think you've made a, a sound argument for why, <laughs> like like one of the significant moments of Wandavision is maybe overvalued. Yeah, yeah, seeing 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 Peter um, Pietro uh, come back, played by a different actor, like okay, uh, that that didn't do much for me, and and I I don't like the fact that it resonates because of things that are happening outside of the narrative, right? That 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 hey, look, we're 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 getting a narrative manifestation of Disney's acquisition of 20th Century Fox. I mean, yeah, yeah that that that. that Fun. I, I, think, I thought it was fun. I thought it was jolly good fun. And it's not my money. And, um, well, actually, it's it is. Money. <laughs> they don't make those for free. Your money has no. funded that acquisition. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's a small piece. <laughs> well, okay. Carry on, carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got distracted with Pietro. But, but it, that, 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 that's kind of on brand for us is, yeah. is that, that, you know, we, we go on these, uh, you know, weird, uh, weird tangents. Uh, all right. So, so, so you liked it. Um, I, I want to, uh, uh, Anessa, what were your thoughts about it? I 
loved the loved. I very much liked the first three episodes. Are we talking about just positive things or things that we didn't like as well? Uh, let, let's talk about what we liked about okay, it. What, so what did we enjoy about it? I loved the first... I loved all the episodes in the in the Hex, like in the Wanda, the world. Yeah. Um, I thought they were whimsical and charming. I loved the black and white stuff, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know you had some criticisms of the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the shows, like the, the way that they... Uh, copied isn't the right word. Uh, the facsimile, the pastiche. Yeah, yeah, of, the pastiche yeah. of of the shows that they were pastiching. Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I don't have maybe a strong like a connection to Father Knows Best or Leave It to Beaver or whatever. So um, I thought that those were, and I thought that the middle three episodes were really cool. As we saw yeah. them sort of in groups of three. So that's uh, we did yeah. with our family. Um, I thought that they were really cool, and it was really cool to sort of have that expansion. And then, and then at the end, it sort of all fell apart for me. It, it kind of fell flat. I did yeah. not. I was not that satisfied with the resolution. Okay. Do you want to know why? Well, well, no. Hang on. We're, okay. we're talking about what we liked first. Okay. Yeah. So, because I think that's where, like, a lot of the eighty percent agreement uh, comes right. in. Okay. So those are the things that I liked. I thought that, that yeah. the the um, pastiche stuff was really cool and fun and and then i thought that the stuff in the middle was really interesting and kind of leading up to something really interesting i like seeing all the marvel people again mm -hmm. darcy and agent agent i i've got a lot of time for uh for cat dennings yeah yeah what's the guy's name uh, I, 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 I can't agent wong but it's like i know it's gonna be it's the wrong so name racist. i know <laughs> i know i can't um, remember his name i can't remember yeah. his name either yeah uh, uh mike do you remember the name of the uh, the fbi agent from um ant-man and wasp who also showed I up in this? Uh, I wanted to say he's Mr. Wu. Yeah, he's Jimmy Wu. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Him. I liked him. I like well, him. I'm looking at IMDb, so that's why I know that. That's cool. Um, this yeah. is not like this is an open book exam. Yeah. You don't need to worry about that. So uh, what I liked about it is, um, gosh, what? Um, actually, when I when I try to try to articulate what I liked about it, I'm not sure. Um, here's what I liked about it. Maybe it it will give us a flavor of kind of non-combat comic book stories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of them. And um, as, as we know from the conversations that we have about uh, about the X-Men, that's what I like about reading the comics, is right. the interpersonal dynamics and all of the things that you can do when you are freed from the bounds of our reality. Right. That's cool. Um the idea of doing a kind of an homage to television, I like the idea. Um, I, I think the execution, they didn't quite stick the landing on the execution, but the idea is cool. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in a way, it's, it, it's a little bit meta. We're like, okay, we've got like the MCU on TV, so we're going to we're gonna put like superheroes on into television shows. The other thing that I liked about it is something that really doesn't uh, get too heavily uh, emphasized until towards the end of the series the way that they're just very candid about popular culture enabling us to deal with grief uh to deal with stress uh i'm someone who i mean this entire podcast is me getting nostalgic about how reading the x-men helped me combat depression <laughs> and and like like an occasionally not very fun adolescence and the show is very, very clear about this, where, you know, Wanda sitting alone in a room watching uh, Malcolm in the Middle or something, 
uh, there was a poignancy to that that, yeah. that that I found very, very moving. So that's what I liked about it. I'm familiar with, were you familiar with the Wanda comics, Brian? So, um, well, depending on what you mean, I mean, uh, this is a character, and actually, it, it's really, it's an appropriate one to talk about on a, a podcast about the X-Men, because uh, the Scarlet Witch's first appearance was in the X-Men, I believe, issue four. All right, okay. She was a, a, a charter member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Huh. Uh, so she and her brother, Quicksilver, and Peter Maximoff, uh, were part of a group that was led by Magneto. Uh, okay, so she eventually joined the Avengers. Uh, then she started uh, dating uh, dating Vision. Uh, this is a long-winded answer to say I'm somewhat familiar, Mike. Okay. okay. I just was curious. I mean, I know you're familiar with the X-Men, but I wasn't sure how. And I, I do remember, I, I think it was in fourth grade, maybe it was Miss Steinhoff's class, I don't, but we, had, we were each assigned to do an interest talk about things we were interested yeah. in. And you... You did your interest talk on comics. That that's correct. That was the and fifth was, grade. Yeah. You 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 actually I think there it was a sort of pseudo contest and you won the contest if I remember well. Like you were you were awarded best interest talk. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't remember. Well. Uh, I, I don't I don't have any recollection of that, and it's not because like I've got so many accolades that I can't. <laughs> so many fifth grade awards. <laughs> yeah. I can't get straight. So my recollection is that it was a thing for four H. Which was a thing, and because uh, I know that like I the I, farming club, I I participated in 4-H in some fashion, and I'm still not clear on what it is. <laughs> okay. When I was, and, 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 Mike, do you remember it that way as well? That it was a 4-H sponsored thing. Uh, my cousins were in 4-H in Manhattan, Kansas, and I and they it had it involved sheep. So I, that was that's my only memories of 4-H. So I, I don't know okay. if it was 4-H, but maybe I was. You know, you know me. It could have very well been. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, pay attention. <laughs> that's another here to there, but um, yeah, I, I did. I mean, I, I, I was, and fifth. This actually, it's great to have you on here because, like, yeah, fifth grade. Um, that was when I was reading a lot of the comics that we're talking about on this podcast because yeah. that was um, what was that like eighty three, eighty four. Yeah, it was yeah. about Return of the Jedi came out. I knew that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, definitely. So um, I, I was I was reading those at the time. So at that time, Scarlet Witch would have been one of the Avengers. I was not a regular reader of the Avengers. Okay. Uh, I would yeah. occasionally dabble in it. Um, I will say I did read last year, kind of um, unrelated to this TV show, because I didn't realize uh, that it was going to be going on. There is a series, and it's from like oh gosh, like ten years ago, something like that, called House of M. Hmm. Uh, and spoilers: um, Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda invents a wholly fictional narrative from her own her own brain in that series as well. Right, I, I think that the kids. I think she invented the kids. Correct. Yeah, correct. In that, in that, in that one. Well, it, it, which are which are referenced in the in this TV series. Yeah, um, Mephisto, who is the and I, the reason why I know this is because of the Nerdist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Mephisto is the is the satanic, the, the version of Satan in the Marvel comics, and um, he brings these kids to like. I think these, I think these children are maybe his children. I can't. 
I'm, I'm getting the, the facts wrong. I, I know I know Wanda imagines the kids to life, and then when she wants right. them to go away, she can she can mentally when she needs them, she can imagine them to life, and then they go away when she starts focusing on other things. And I think Mephisto this is, is every parent's every <laughs> parent's wish. When we when we want to get rid of our kids, we come and sit in the closet right. <laughs> together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but, but so but focusing on the on on the TV show. Um, I, I could talk a little bit about what I didn't care for about it, but um, maybe Anessa, you and Mike have the floor first. I mean, are, are there any like knocks on the series that you want to uh, want to express? And, so, and maybe, well, it, yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with Anessa. My, when we did, when we were emailing back and forth, the series had not concluded. Um, I was, you know, not Game of Thrones disappointed, but I was a little disappointed in the ending. I, I assumed that there would be a cliffhanger. I didn't know that it was going to be resolved and, and my expectations I, I was convinced that knowing that Elizabeth Olsen is currently in London right now filming Doc, the new Doctor Strange movie I just assumed that Doctor Strange was going to somehow mm-hmm. uh, you know make his make an appearance in the ending resolving the the, the, the season I, it just seemed it's, it's a little odd to me that none of the other Avengers are concerned about Wanda I mean surely they've seen this on TV you know the the events that are taking place in Westview. <laughs> I, right. I would think that oh, one one maybe, maybe I got to go check that out. Right. And none, none of the adventures, no one did. I didn't like the the villain. Felt, I felt like okay, this guy's going to be the villain. Wait, uh, the villain from yeah. from Sword. He's very very predictable, and and it was and it was resolved kind of simplistically. Because to me, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. If, if I'm in Westview and I've been hijacked more or less right. by Wanda, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm I'm really ready to let her off the hook more or less. Which kind of felt like she yeah. was let off the hook at the end there. Yeah, actually, um, so the villain from Sword, because um, when we say villain, we mean, and I don't remember his name, although I'm sure IMDb will list it, but... Um, agent, did, agent, yeah, I don't know. agent, whatever. Yeah, like, like he was just a, a kind of a... Well, there's the other villain, Agatha like Harkness, your, your and basic, she was great. He was like your basic, uh, you know, bureaucrat yeah, villain. Yeah, I was the sure exact words I was going to say. Like he, he said, standard, standard bureaucratic dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agatha Harkness, I thought was great, and um, uh, not Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. She, she's she's awesome in everything she does. So, yeah. so I thought that she. I love her. I know. Yeah, I, I love her as well. I thought that she did a great job in that role, but the appearance of this other. So like, this is what I didn't like about it, right? Like it 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 has the the first three episodes they're really cool. Then in the middle we're sort of realizing that that there's other stuff going on and it's, it's getting a little bit weirder. But the whole time you sort of think that like, well, okay, is this just a world that Wanda has created from her grief? Right. But they keep kind of hinting that there's going to be something, something else, else yeah. right? Yeah. Like there's this where you know some like he said you know Wanda what have you done and you know I don't know and so you kind of keep getting this feeling like there's something else and then they throw in the Catherine Hahn character right. who. Yeah, she's evil, but yeah. I don't know. It, it didn't. It felt like kind of a weird last minute evil person addition. And then in the end, yeah. the thing that you think happened that Wanda created the whole thing from her grief is actually the thing that happened. Like, there's nothing kind yeah. of more Th- that actually worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of plot mechanics, um, yeah, th- th- that 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 sort of gelled uh, mm-hmm. for me. So mm-hmm. here's what I didn't care for. Um, I. I the first three episodes, 
my gripe, and, and Mike, you will have seen this in the email, and, and as you've heard me, like, you know, over, over coffee at breakfast, I talk about this. So many um, days. Yes. Yeah, so, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you, the the pastiches of, of, of the TV shows, like, they needed to be funnier. Uh, there's no nice way to put that. And uh, I, there was, I don't want to say like a certain laziness, but there were, there, I think that they were grading themselves on a curve. They They're just like, like oh, we got all the environment correct. And, exactly. And, was, yeah. and they needed, yeah. they needed somebody to say like, okay, you know, the, okay, it looks like these shows and it's dated and everything like that. And yeah, the, the like gender roles and other stuff like that were, were really retrograde and we're honoring that. <laughs> um, but like those shows were funny. Dick Van Dyke. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've seen Dick Van Dyke is goddamn funny. Like that show is funny. Uh, Andy Griffith. I mean, like that's off the beaten path from, from what they were, they were kind of spoofing. Andy Griffith is goddamn hilarious. I mean, others are like, maybe not, but then, you know, don't, don't right. revive them. <laughs> okay. Which begs the question of yeah. why, why family ties? Cause that, that show sucks. But <laughs> anyway, that, that was my gripe is that it was almost a, a a sort of a stunt um and it definitely draws attention to itself but what would have really sold it for me is like like holy holy crap this is like watching an episode of the dick van dyke show with superheroes in it yeah. that would have been cool yeah i think that's a legitimate criticism i wasn't as picky about that yeah, yeah. It, it was there, there was nothing funny about them about them at all no you're right I mean, they were <laughs> well i they, they weren't they, they didn't stand on their own without yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say they weren't just, funny at all. I mean, I just said they weren't funny enough. I I, I took it. They they tried to be funny. I think in the yeah. second episode when um when he swallowed the gum and he he tried to be funny in the during the magic show. Yeah, and it was, but it was, it did keep me engaged as to are they trying to hide? Are they trying to conceal their identity from these people? And then at the same time, I was asking, are these people? There was there was definitely something when I went back because I did rewatch uh, those first three episodes, and you, you're knowing that it's a fake universe. Um, you do um, you sort of see the clues there when when uh, when they're having the dinner table with the, the conversation when he has his boss over, right? Yeah, and the boss asks him innocently, you know, at the time he think he's, he's asking, "What led you here? Why are you here?" And we're rewatching it the second time. I realized the guy is asking, "Why are you here? Why are you doing this to us?" And his wife is like, "Shut up! Shut up, Eddie! Shut up! Shut up!" And it's like you're you're watching it. The first time you're watching it, what does this conversation really mean? And the second time you're watching it, they're they're afraid. They're afraid right. of Wanda, and right. it was more interesting from that from that side. Of like I I didn't hate it as much as you did, Brian. I, I well, I didn't they hate did a good it. Job <laughs> capturing a lot of the, tr- I, I thought they yeah. did. A, I like the family tie spoof, especially the, the theme song. I thought they nailed it. It's, it's how cheap the theme song, yeah, that was good. Those duet to theme songs that they that we watched in the eighties all the time. Wait, isn't it? Um, I, I, who was it that sang the uh, the family ties theme song? It was like Aaron Neville, wasn't it? And I can't remember who the woman is. Wait, how does the family ties theme song go? Uh, yeah, baby, baby. <laughs> without <laughs> us. Oh, right, right, right. What right, we right, do, right, 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 right. yeah, yeah. coming back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I swear that's Aaron famous. Neville. I didn't realize that I, I would realize that they were famous people. Uh, doing well, I remember Cosby. The Cosby Show had a simple theme song, and then they started bringing John Williams in 
to redo wait, the theme song. Wait, John Williams redid the Cosby Show theme song? He did. The, the, remember they had different theme songs every year? I swear you're making that up. I know they did it, yeah, like Bobby McFerrin did it one year, and I want to say like Wynton Marsalis did it one year, but um, John Williams? Yeah, yeah, he did the one when they were kind of, it was more of a South Pacific sort of look. Kind yeah, of I remember Islander. that, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they, were, they were dressed up as... That was Calypso, that wasn't South Pacific, that was Calypso. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, yeah, John Williams did that one. It was uh, with an orchestra, it was, it was, uh, yeah. With an orchestra? Cosby. Like, I guess I'm not, we can't really talk about that. I feel like I'm anymore. drunk right now, this is... <laughs> I'm freaking out. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> I need to come back to uh, come back to reality here. Um, yeah, I gotta go to Wanda. Yeah. Okay. Back to back to back to Wandavision. Um, it, so so I didn't hate it. I want to be very quick to emphasize. I think that we're eighty percent in agreement that, that there are some elements of it that worked for us, and there were some other elements that didn't. Um, the fourth episode, when it was largely about the actions happening outside of Westview. That was great. Mm-hmm. Actually, I enjoyed that very much. And what I liked best about it is it was an episode that justified the fact that it is serialized TV. Right. Um, it was the right. only one that I think that did that. Hmm. Because the question that we need to ask ourselves is, you know, like, you know, why is this a television show rather than, say, a two and a half hour movie? Film. Right. Right. But in that, like that was the one where like okay actually this this works because we can modularize it and we've got pacing that that fits with a serialized uh, television series, yeah. um, and then kind of like that goodwill got squandered by episode five. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember exactly episode. five. I thought that those middle three episodes were all sort of intermittently they, inside and outside. They blend them. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fourth one is where they Introduce, they start off yeah, in yeah. you know outside of right, Wanda's reality. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that I really dug. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind it being serialized. Like I don't, I wouldn't have rather seen it as a two and a half hour film. I would have. Mm-hmm. I think that it would have worked better that way. Obviously, structurally, things need to change. But um, this is one of the problems that we have with other stuff, like like Netflix things. You know, uh, take like Jessica Jones or Daredevil or something like that. You know, do we really need eight episodes to tell the story? Can we tell it in six? And I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to apply the pressure. Once Disney pays a billion dollars for this, they're not going to do this with five episodes. They need nine episodes, and they need to stretch out those nine episodes over a couple of months to uh, to hook subscribers and to make them feel as though they're getting their they money's to, worth. Yeah, just Jessica Jones didn't feel like it was. Uh, Jessica Jones felt exactly the right length to me. The first series. Sure. I mean, yeah. th- that might not be an ideal example, yeah. but um, yeah. So, so serialized uh, TV, uh, Mike. Where do you stand on that? We're we're in peak serialization uh, I, now. I'm a big fan of it. I, I like it. I'm. Uh, um, I think I like being able to take more time to tell a story. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine how bad a movie Game of Thrones would have been if they didn't have ten episodes to tell that story and uh, ten hours to tell. Uh, they. I mean, that was. We're talking about just one part of the first book. Could have been a trilogy. Yeah, talking about the entire book, <laughs> it would have been a terrible uh, Winds of War. Would have been an awful movie. I've never seen Winds of War. What's Winds of War? This is like another like awesome uh, '80s uh, uh, deep cut there, yeah, or a semi deep cut, yeah. That was that was 1983, and uh, yeah, I watch I watch Winds of War every couple of years. I, I think it was, I think it's man, a magnificent. Like, like, do you own it? And, um, do you own it on DVD yeah, or something? It'll never be done. No, you can watch it on YouTube. YouTube, man. Okay. Oh. You can watch it on. I did have the video. 
tapes a long time ago. I don't know where they are now. Uh, okay. But I, I did, in like the 1990s, I think I procured The Winds of War and its follow-up War and Remembrance on, uh, I had the videotapes, but I never procured the DVDs, which I'm also happy about our modern times that we, that we have things digitally that we don't have to, that we don't have to buy things anymore. I know that's, I wonder how you, where you stand on that. On 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 digi- digital digital storage of, of media, I'm 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 for it. This podcast is being digitally recorded. Also, I I, I, I think are you in a submarine? Because I hear sonar. <laughs> Definitely sounded like a submarine. No, that's an indication that that's my turn in words with friends. So you're playing uh, words with friends while you're recording this. <laughs> no, I think he's just getting no, a notification. My phone is off to the side. It's okay. <laughs> Likely, likely story. Is this not enough to hold your attention? Like, I mean, I'm, I, I wrote about like five tweets while we were talking, but <laughs> <laughs> I have, you've got my undivided attention. Okay, okay. And just pay no attention to the sound of the phone right. behind the curtain. Um, um, Winds of War is—I uh, had no idea that that you were into Winds of War. I got—I got to watch that now somehow. I know what that is. Uh, I liked it. Well, it's very—it's you'll when you watch it, you'll see the things that I like about it. Okay, and because uh, it's a very, it's got a terrific love story in it, and yeah. uh, but it does a, it does an excellent job of. It's a, I think Herman Welk, the writer, yeah. has created a device in Pug Henry. The he's played he's strategically he's created a job. He's a naval attaché in Berlin, and he has strategically put him in the same room with Winston Churchill. On in some parts, he's in the same room with Hitler. He's in the same room with not just Mussolini, but Mussolini's son. Mm-hmm. And he eventually meets uh, Stalin mm-hmm. at the end of the... At the end of the and, and this very, is like Forrest that, Gump in World War II. Good, that <laughs> asshole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I actually Googled, is this possible? Is, yeah. Did someone do that? And apparently there were quite a, quite a few Americans that that had the same audience. These people were in their, their audience as, as the way... You know, there are positions within within government that, that so it isn't. He wasn't just uh, inventing it. These are real. Yeah, sure. It, it was a real job, and it was very. And it's very interesting to see. You know, those times as it's you know as we parallel our own current existence. There are sadly uh, some stark similarities between Trumpism and. And uh, now I've just offended your audience. I've just offended. I, 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 we are we're, we're there pretty. There is no audience, really. It's just, just and it's also just the three of us here in our closet. And also, <laughs> I, 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 we, you know, we've been pretty candid as saying that, like, you know, Trump's a douchebag. Um, oh, people are put off by yeah. by an anti-Trump stance. This is not the podcast for you. Yeah, probably not. We, we, we don't give it loads of airtime, other than to like every now and again we say uh, Donald Trump is. Uh, uh, basically a douche nozzle, and so that's yeah, that. He, he just is. He just is. Yeah. But uh, um, returning to WandaVision. Yeah, you know, the, the, the serial. Yeah, the serial. I like the. I like. I love Jessica Jones. Okay. I love uh, being able to, to watch. You know, a movie is over. The movie's over, and um, so I love watching the continuous, continuous stories. I have not watched the new one yet. I'm still waiting for a few episodes. To new what one? But, the uh, Falcon. Oh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Okay. Soldier, the new. We saw the first episode of that this past Monday. Uh, good, good. You know, promising. Yeah. Nothing I hated about it. I mean, right. you know, Sebastian Stan is handsome, so uh-huh. there's that <laughs> aspect of it. There's that aspect yeah. of it. Fun to watch. Um, yeah. More conventional. And and yeah. so uh, I'll just say this. Like, um, you know, WandaVision, I, I, I like that they are stretching that they're... they're 
It is an unconventional story. Yeah, thinking outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. And what? It is definitely outside of the box. One of the things that, that kind of bugged me uh, was that a lot of the, uh, I would just like to sort of see headlines uh, or, or read some reviews, that you know, some spoiler-free reviews, and a lot of reviewers seemed to be just really blown away that, that this could happen. And I'm like, you know, comics do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and that was a little bit frustrating, so I felt like it was getting a little bit of, uh, like, a, the criticism was getting a little bit of a tailwind because... Um, it, it was a departure from conventional superhero stories, and and I felt, well, okay, this is like you're a critic, and, and you just haven't read a whole lot of comics. Right, you haven't read enough comics. Uh, right. Um, yeah. The other thing that, I, and I read a bunch of reviews of this last night in preparation for this. I did no preparation, Mike, just in case. That's cool. But I, I, so I don't want you to feel bad. Well, I, did I mean, no like preparation. This, this preparation could not have taken me more than twenty five minutes. But you spent a, you spent a good amount of time yesterday reading. Okay, reviews. maybe. But yeah. um, here's another gripe that I have. Um, and this is not leveled at WandaVision, the TV show, but like the people who watch it, and I kind of here is where I part company with a lot of criticism. People saying, oh, the stakes on WandaVision are much lower scale than they were in, say, Endgame or Infinity War. And I, I hear that and I really bristle because what, we'll take Infinity War, for example. What movie were you watching? Like, oh, Thanos is going to blow up. Half the- Do you really think that the emotional resonance of uh, Wanda seeing Vision get killed had anything to do with Thanos snapping his fingers. I mean, like, like, that was really, really poignant to me. And the stakes were all about their relationship in Infinity War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And th- that just really frustrates me. Uh, is that you, 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 there, there are none so blind as those who will not see. <laughs> because anybody, re- anybody reading comics knows that... Uh, r- rather, this guy, me, right. when I read comics, mm-hmm. what resonates for me is like one person, you know, one relationship. One, one story, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm happy to see that play out again in WandaVision, but like, it's been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so when people say like, oh, these are much lower stakes. No, they're not. Not for her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that criticism. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not lower stakes by any stretch. We're, yeah. we're still alive. We're still, something else is going to happen. We yeah. know that. So just, we, that was end games. Yeah, it was a big deal. One obstacle. Right. But, you know, uh, and, and for me, like, yeah, end game is one of those where, you, you know, I watched that. I've seen it like three times, four times now. We watched that again, I think like about a month or so ago. And like third time's the charm. Like it finally worked for me the third time. First couple of times, it, 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 it didn't quite succeed for me. Mm. I thought that the battle sequence was too long. I still feel that way. Mm, maybe. But yeah. when when we would think about these kinds of stories, one of the things that like really is poignant for me is the fact that Endgame, Thor's, Thor's story in Endgame is all about him dealing with defeat. Mm-hmm. Right? And in terms of stakes, like he, he's absolutely broken and it is i think one of the more compelling uh depictions of depression yeah <laughs> I, I i'm legit i mean like in terms of like what they're doing is like okay this guy's a superhero and he's just breathtakingly handsome he's going to spend three hours exhibiting all of the hallmarks of depression right that <laughs> was really moving to yeah, me yeah, as yeah, I'm yeah. watching it. And this guy, like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, like, holy cow, he is just absolutely shattered. Yeah. Um, so it, when WandaVision gets, like, a little tailwind, a critical tailwind from something like that, again, 
it's not WandaVision's fault. Right, right. <laughs> um, you know, the show succeeds. Right. The show succeeds where it uh, talks about her grief and, and her emotional processing. But, um, all right. Uh, that's my point. Right. <laughs> that's several that's points rolled up in one. Point. What's that, Miles? That's uh, a very good Mike, yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. I, I love that point. I love the. I love that observation. And it is. I will say, it is much easier watching Endgame in your home because you can pause it and come back to it the next day. <laughs> yeah. It's a very long movie to watch in one sitting. It is a very. It's. It's the same thing with the Met, the Metropolitan Opera. It is. It is much easier watching these productions when you could pause and then come back the next day and watch another hour of dialogues with Carmelite and then you can watch them finish it the next day it, I, I don't I, my, I'm the type of person that needs space which is another advantage of the serial format you can, you can <laughs> really lay out on your couch yeah. <laughs> what's, what, 10 what hours and then, you know, all 10 hours in a row and that's, that's a lot to do but uh, I like spacing and then you, you think about it overnight and then you can watch it and then you go to work and then you go home turn it back on so you watch the story and it is you're catching things that you didn't catch originally in my first viewing of the movie. I think it's one of the things that I always think about things that are serialized that then we watch, you know, all at all in one stretch is that I, I feel like, like if I had seen all nine episodes of WandaVision over the course of, you know, one very long or, or kind of two days, I think I would have liked it better. I think like Maybe. we are more yeah. positive about things that we watch in big gigantic chunks because we just tend to we can't keep that all in our brains the things that we do like and then you know it kind of comes to and i can't remember we were we were talking about that with something that we saw very very um apparently i'm leaning back and my yeah, audio stop leaning is back um <laughs> the audio is bad enough <laughs> but yeah I, I think the fact that we watched that's the fact that we watched it in three three episode chunks then that to some extent, yeah. informs how I think about it. And if I'd watched maybe. it in single episodes, one a week, the way that it was meant to, maybe I would have had different observations or different criticisms or whatever. It, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Could be possible. Um, I mean, if I can, I want to depart from that because yep. um, completely unrelated to that, yeah, I, I want to have a call back to last week's episode where I extol the virtues of Lincoln Center <laughs> because Mike, <laughs> Mike had mentioned the Met. But Mike, you've been to the Met, yeah? I have not been to it. No, I've, I've gone to the movies and watched. Oh, really? I, 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 I mean, you because um, you're a big theater guy. I mean, you've, you've been to New York, yeah, and like you've seen you've seen I've musicals. Been in New York, yeah, I've been in New York. All right, but, but I've it, never seen an opera performed at the Met, you know, while in the Met. But, you know, okay, I've never gone mind. To Tinseltown in Louisville, Kentucky, <laughs> and, and watched watched. Uh, they're long. It, it starts yeah, at about twelve thirty, and you're there until five. Cause oh, yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about the Met is they're not beholden to an orchestra keeping it. At union costs, uh, they'll they'll stretch it out. They'll take thirty minute intermissions to build their sets, and it's it's fun. But uh, I mean, you get an intermission at the opera. Okay, I, I said uh, the, uh, you get an intermission at the opera. I mean, I, I've been to the opera. Um, you get three or four, depending on how many acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you can you can do that. But um, I, I all right. Um, I was hoping to generate something about Lincoln Center. I, I I won't let this topic alone because I really love that place. <laughs> Brian really loves the Lincoln Center and he yeah. wants everyone to know about it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll shut up. And, and I, I, this is my pledge, my, my pledge to our listeners and, and to the two of you, <laughs> I will not talk about Lincoln Center on this podcast ever again. <laughs> okay. Unlikely. That's okay. All right. I don't, I don't All right. Believe you. George is 
term when you're walking around uh, New York. There you go. You know, actually, a great public toilet, um, it was semi-public toilet. I think, like, the Hyatt on um, uh, Magnificent Mile, I think it was either the Hyatt or some other hotel there. Uh, my ex-wife was at a conference or something like that, and I was, like, meeting her after work. And we're, like, standing in the lobby, and she says to me, like, hey, do you need to go to the bathroom? I was like, no, I think I'm cool. Are you sure you don't need to go? <laughs> like, I, I'm okay, but what are you driving at? So you need to go check out these bathrooms. And and she was right. They yeah. were really, really fantastic toilets. Okay. Yeah. Any hotel bathroom is a good bathroom to use when you're out walking around. But that's not about one division. Well, well hang on real quickly, though. Um, Mike, it was you who talked to me about the 21C. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was in Louisville where they've got like the weird one-way glass. We have one of those, too. Also yeah. with one-way glass. Also with this weird dollhouse murder scene That's in their up. fucking art gallery <laughs> that is public and we took our kids into and, and then traumatized them. traumatized them because all of a sudden the girl was like, mom, what? These dolls look weird. And I right. walked over and they've all been They're covered with blood, <laughs> bloodily murdered dolls in this dollhouse thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so 21C... No. <laughs> there's a 21C in Durham? There's a 21C in Durham, yeah. yeah. Uh, 21C, uh, we don't need to mention the names, but uh, we went to school with their CEO and their uh, general counsel. So, yeah, there you have it. <laughs> yeah, he is no... I see resigned from that position. He is now really? working with um, uh, oh, the guy that does UK sports. Wait, um, are, you, are you talking about like the, uh, the former CEO or the uh, former general counsel? People can look this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was an attorney at Frost Brown Todd, and now he's a, he talks about UK basketball and football on the radio. Matt Jones, uh, the two of them, Craig, we could use first names. Yeah, Craig I was going to say, Matt yeah. Jones have purchased Ohio Valley Wrestling. My head is spinning now. Hang on, so so Craig <laughs> Craig stepped away from Twenty One C to purchase Ohio Valley Wrestling. That is correct. I get a weird kind of respect for the guy now. Okay, far out. It's uh, yeah, it's I mean you know. I'm a big fan of. I used to get a. I used to have a season pass, the Six Flags at Kentucky Kingdom to watch Friday night wrestling with Ohio Valley Wrestling. It was uh, one of the best summers. I, I, we we would go every Friday, and they would have a. It was a special. They'd bring a, a WWE wrestler to to, to main events. The, the the Ohio Valley Wrestling, and it was a that was a fun. Uh, so I yeah, big fan of Ohio Valley Wrestling. It struggled during COVID. Yeah, I can it's imagine. no longer associated with the WWE, but they they have big plans. They wanna they wanna build it as a as a successful promotion. I I um I, I'm intrigued. I used to go see matches at Louisville Gardens. You know the uh, the Tuesday night matches and uh, the Louisville Gardens. Uh, that was that was oh, fun man. stuff. What, what what year was that? What years were those? Oh, that would have been like 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 eighty four, eighty five. So like I was like maybe you know fifth sixth grade, basically like that that same time period that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, that's Mid South Wrestling. That oh, would yeah. have been uh, Jerry Lawler's promotion. Yep. And you probably saw The Undertaker before he was The Undertaker. Uh, I don't remember that. Um, I mean, unless he, I mean, he probably went by a different name. I remember The Undertaker from from his yeah. time at the WWE. No, but this is like 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 Dutch Mantel, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, guys like that. Oh yeah. Wildfire yeah. Tommy Rich. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so um, what's that? But yeah, that's what that, that's different, I guess. But yeah, he has stepped away from Twenty One C, and he's doing that. And I, I, I wish him fortune. I hope that he makes that uh, promotion successful. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to definitely check that out. Um, we, we probably need to close out. 
but uh, I, 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 so, so Mike, as a guest, you're going to get the first final word <laughs> on WandaVision. Any parting <laughs> thoughts about WandaVision um, and or the uh, 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 the leveraged um, venture capital fund that purchases entertainment companies that that is Disney or WandaVision? I, you know, do not care how Disney spends their money. I, if I'm a, if I'm a sucker, so be it. I love their entertainment. I, you know, it isn't just WandaVision. I, I don't, we, I didn't get your, did you not like the Mandalorian? Mandalorian was all right. Uh, there were some elements of the Mandalorian that I really loved. Uh, I love that it is a return to, uh, the way that the Star Wars universe is very lived in. Uh, that there are all these people that have these regular day to days that play out against the backdrop of of the um, sort of the intergalactic uh, conflict. Course, yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't necessarily light my fire. Uh, you know, latter day Star Wars is just not a lot of it doesn't work for me. I'll say this: I like Mandalorian better than the um, film episodes uh, seven through nine. Uh, it's better than those. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I agree with that. But my final word on WandaVision, I thought it was fun. I loved Kat Dennings. She, I thought she was very funny. Um, I loved uh, the character Monica Rambo. I look forward yep. to seeing those, that character play out in the future. And um, wasn't a huge fan of Captain Marvel, the movie, but I thought that this character was intriguing and perhaps they could, uh, you know, make this, you know, you know make that, that chapter better as they, they explore her character because Monica is, is a big uh, character in the Marvel Universe. I, I loved um, uh, Catherine on as, as Agnes and thought she did a great job. And Elizabeth Olsen uh, and Paul Bettany. He was, he was terrific in, oh, in his challenges. I liked it. I dug it. Real quickly, um, have you seen A Knight's Tale? Uh, Heath Ledger? You should tonight. Oh, you no, should go I'm watch not. that. You yeah. Treat yourself. Yeah, treat, treat yourself. yourself. To that. It is. Um, it is peak Paul Bettany. Uh, yeah, it's just delightful. Okay. He's delightful in it, and it's a delightful film. Yeah, the, a Night's Tale is really fantastic. Um, I just wanted to piggyback on your your comment about Paul Bettany, who I love. He's hilarious in A Night's Tale, and it's good to see him stretch. Have the opportunity to stretch a little bit in Wandavision. Yeah. All right, so that that's Mike's final word. Um, uh, I'm going to wind up giving myself a final word, almost like by being polite. But um, all right, Anessa, your final word about Wandavision. My final word about Wandavision. Uh, it started out very promising. I thought it was fun. Uh, I was, I, I am happy that they they did something a little different, yeah. quirky. Um, you know, I think they didn't. For me, it didn't quite land at the end, but um, you know, I didn't hate it. Yeah, yeah. So my final word. Um, if it were possible for me to have experienced that series absent critical comments and and, and other uh other folks talking about it i would have enjoyed it more yeah i didn't read any of that stuff I and like that. Yeah. lesson learned yeah. um and it's it was just kind of hard to her to avoid like like mm. even the atlantic will have a headline about mm-hmm. it as a, mm-hmm. so as i'm reading about whatever um so so that if I can, if I can get over that mental speed bump, then the show becomes rather good. Uh, could have been better, so it was about a about a B minus for me. Fair. Um, there are some elements of it that I really like, and I, I, I would echo uh, what the two of you have said, which is, uh, yeah, I, I like seeing them take advantage of what you can do with this genre. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> right? You're not bound to physical reality. And this gives you the opportunity to explore these very human things like processing of grief uh, in ways that are unconventional uh, and I find very, very moving. Right. Uh, so that those elements of it work for me. Um, the bits where they go kind of meta and forgive me, Mike, but we're like, okay, I, I don't give a shit that a different actor is playing Quicksilver. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't care because that's something that happens. That's something that I bring to it. You know, my knowledge of the machinations of, of Hollywood deal making, like I, it, it adds zero to me. Right. And, and so it's like, that doesn't work for me, but, um, as an exploration of Wanda's continued processing of her emotional turmoil, that stuff worked. Also, the ads were grim and, and fucked up and awesome. Yeah, and awesome. Yeah, the ads were pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. We All right. We talk about the ads. That's right. So, so, Mike, you get the final, final word, and then we're going to close out. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, all good points, all valid points. The word is fun. Enjoy. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. All right. And <laughs> So you like the guys from The Muppet. They still go to the show every single week. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Statler, Statler, and Waldorf. No, I'm not that critical. But um, Jim Henson, another another uh, pre-existing property that Disney now uh, now tries to uh, ride the coattails of. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to close out and and uh, see see everyone in two weeks. Actually, two we're weeks, not going to record. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. record next week. Uh, Mike, you're welcome back to the podcast anytime. Hope that you enjoy the experience. I did. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.